Welcome to the Sell Your Brilliance Summit, where we empower entrepreneurs to elevate their influence. We're here to ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and help you showcase your unique talents to the world. I'm your host, Michelle Parad, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of unlocking your true potential. Enjoy this summit. I can't wait to connect with you. So when it comes to building a sustainable business, it's important not only to think about where you're getting your revenue streams, but also all the aspects of how you're handling money. And here to talk about this is Katie Chen Masara. She dives into the energetic aspects of spending, ways to cultivate a prosperity mindset, as well as the need to address our beliefs that may be holding us back. So through practical tools and spiritual practices, she empowers you with the knowledge and helps you to clear out money blocks without sacrificing your life or budgeting. She teaches a six-step system to pay down your debts and build up your reserves. Katie Chen is a certified trauma-informed master financial wellness coach who helps creative freelancers and entrepreneurs make more worry less and achieve true financial freedom so that they can create the life of their dreams. As a former TV producer, award-winning documentary filmmaker and journalist, Katie understands the balance between dreaming and doing. So I am so honored to have her on this platform and I really do think this is a not-to-be-missed interview. So Katie, thank you so much for being at the Sell Your Brilliance Summit. I'm so excited to dive into this topic about how to create more consistent financial flow. And Katie, I just super admire generally what you do and the fact that you really look at finances from a holistic standpoint. You're not really just looking at people's businesses, but you're looking at all aspects of well-being, mindset, finances in the personal life. And so I think that's super needed. And and not often um, can you find someone who really bridges the two worlds together. So I'm really excited to dive in. But yeah. uh, I'm ex- so excited to be here, Michelle. <laughs> um, awesome. So I know the majority of people who are listening are probably business owners or entrepreneurs. Can you talk a little bit to maybe some of the issues that you find that business owners have or what do they often neglect when it comes to to finances? What have you found is a pattern? Yeah. So on both the practical side and then the holistic spiritual side, One of the things that I've noticed is that people are afraid to look at their numbers. And so on the practical side, it's about tracking. I have always said to everyone, I don't really believe in budgets per se, both on the personal side and on the business side. Mm -hmm. But I do believe in tracking because it's so important that we actually know our numbers and can see it and know what it's what it represents and then you can also see those patterns from year to year like for just a really easy example is every year i've noticed okay during the summer the my revenue isn't as high mm-hmm. and so i get to make a decision before that time comes and say okay do i want to create something to sell during this time and maybe generate more money during the summer months 
Or do I want to take a vacation, which I did this year and last year? You get to make those decisions if you know what's coming and you can predict and then also know when is a good time to invest in your business. So that's on the practical side. And then on the spiritual side with that, it's also looking at what is holding you back, right? What is the fear behind not wanting to look at those numbers? Is it because you feel like, oh, if I look at the numbers, then that's the reality, right? And I want to live in that la-la land of, oh, my business is doing fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And and that's beautiful that you're saying, because I know a lot of accountants and whatnot, they talk about budgeting and then planning as, as part of it. But you're like, that's not what we should look at. Um, yeah. So how do we know what's a worthy investment in our business? Again, is it based on tracking from the past or is it like an intuitive thing? <laughs> what do you suggest for people? I, I love, love, love this question. This is such a good question. Yeah. And I hear it all the time, right? I do think that it's so important that we're aligning our decisions, not based off of just what our gut is telling us <laughs> and not even just based off of the numbers. Sure. Yes, we have to look at it and say, realistically, is it the right time for us to invest in something during during the year? However, it's also to me even more important that we're aligning those decisions based on our core values. So the core values of yourself, your mission and your business's core values and because when we actually align our spending with our core values, it actually creates even more, right? Like the things that we really want. And energetically, it, that's how we create more flow, too, in, inside of our businesses. That's why I think aligning our spending decisions on our core values is actually the, the most important thing. I love that. Uh, so can you give us an example, like where you spend according to your values? Just yeah. To well, an idea of, of what that looks like. I don't know where it is for me, but uh, yeah, curious <laughs> what your thoughts are. Yeah. So one of my biggest core values is freedom. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I have um, made spending decisions, it's what will free up my time, my energy to be able to make choices. Mm -hmm. Those are the places where then I will spend more money on versus something else that may or may not actually help in terms of that core value of freedom, right? Some people may think, I, I don't know, I, ha I don't have something off the top of my head it, in terms of an example of something not to do <laughs> just because I am so aligned with that core value. But I guess if you're thinking about something that everybody always talks about, oh, you need to have this particular system. Oh, like Kajabi, for example. So let's just take that, right, as an example. So a lot of people advocate for Kajabi because it's like an all-in-one system. And, and yes, it is a little bit more pricey, but then you get everything, right? However, when I look at it, it feels more restrictive to me, mm -hmm. right? Because you're so locked into certain things, right? right? So it's being able to pick and choose the things that really that you love or that aligns with you or that really feels like feels really good to you. For example, for me, I really like Calendly for my scheduling app because it's actually started by a person of color 
And and there's a lot of things that I feel like I align with in terms of that business. So I'm going to want to choose that versus having something that's already set or all in one. Mm, I love that so much. Those are great examples. And there's something about spending on something that you truly love, like whether it's just a software product as as small as that um, or other areas of your business, there's something about like that that love or exchange when you spend on it that somehow is really worth it. And I don't think people talk about the energetic aspect of it versus obviously something that you could probably feel it in some way. You're spending something and you're feeling like maybe this is just an outgoing expense that I don't really see either it's I'm aligning with the story behind the product or service or I'm not really getting the value from it or it doesn't align with where I where my goals are for the next foreseeable future and so that's a really good read to it's a really good lens through which to look at yeah otherwise you just regret those decisions right like you even on the personal side I would say that I I bought a dress a long time ago and it was on sale for $10 or something really inexpensive, but I never wore it. And so I'm going to regret that decision, right? Because even though it was only $10, it's still, okay, it's it's sat in my closet for however many years until I decided to donate it. (laughs) Yeah. And so it doesn't even matter how much something is in terms of regret, right? The Mm -hmm. things that we regret are the things that don't align with our values. And so that's why it's so important that we do align it with our values. And then once it is in alignment, like you, you think, okay, this particular program or this particular software or anything does align with my values. And then of course, it's important to look at your line items, right? What is, yeah, do you have that in inside of that to, to be able to spend, right? And I would advocate that, I would say investments should be around 10% of your overall revenue and, and trying to stick to that, right? Yes, it can go a little bit above that. However, uh, if we start to spend 50% of our revenue on a an amazing course that we keep hearing about that doesn't really make sense to me either because then your your business is only there to actually keep keep you spending on other people's products right right absolutely that's a really good point and I was just thinking to myself one of my values for better and for worse is like beauty (laughs) and so I think in the past I've really spent a lot of money on beautifying my website and just making it look gorgeous and I think there's a place and time to do that and of course there's different ways you can go about doing it at a but not a budget but Mm -hmm. a considerable amount so there's hacks to do that but yeah I think it's a good point it's like your values but you also have to evaluate the bigger picture (laughs) through it yes you're absolutely yeah you're making Yeah, you can think about it in terms of also thinking about it in terms of time versus your investment as well, right? Because sometimes if, yeah, if it saves you even more time to have somebody else do it and it looks amazing, sure, I say that's actually worth it too versus you spending a lot of time doing it unless you really love to do it. 
right? If it really brings you joy to actually create it, then you're actually saving money and you're doing it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Making all the decisions based on joy. I feel like this is the direction that we're looking in here. And so what would you recommend for people who can really cultivate more of a prosperity mindset, even if their bank account isn't where they want it to be at the moment? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know that entrepreneurs go through lots of ups and downs along the journey. It's not always as consistent as we want it to be. And that's a separate question too. How can we create more consistency so we can stabilize our position and grow from there? Let's talk about the first thing you asked for about seeing prosperity or really believing that you're prosperous and abundant versus what is in your bank accounts, right? And I would say that it's important to start to look at abundance wherever you see it or prosperity wherever you see it. And that starts with just noticing, right? And I like, there's a little hack that I like to use, which is to start to write down either in a notebook or on the notes section of your phone, or there are probably apps for this as well, where you get to notice, okay, anytime you would have had to spend money, but you didn't write that down. Mm -hmm. Or if you you know, find a coin on the street, or if you get a check in the mail unexpectedly, like anytime I've done this process with any of my clients or in a challenge or anything, people have found lots of money, (laughs) like lots of things have shown up for them, right? And opportunities show up. And it's so great because this is part of that law of attraction. Like what we start to focus on, the energy grows. Right. It's I think everybody talks about how if you're deciding to buy a red car, all of a sudden you start to see red cars everywhere. Right. (laughs) So it's the same thing with money. So it's like you start to focus and notice all of the abundance and prosperity that's coming to you in your life. Then it really will start to come into your life. So that's a cool little practice to start doing. And that's everywhere, to be honest, right? So many times I'll pull up to a parking spot and the meter's already full. So then I get to write mm-hmm. that down and really pay attention to that. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, or a friend buys me a cup of coffee. We go to lunch and they buy me a cup of coffee or buy me lunch. Great. I get to write that down. Yeah. Right. So those kinds of things. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. not really taking for granted the things that are coming in and taking notice of what you already have and Mm -hmm. coming in yes Um, and i love that you're expanding people's viewpoints of how money can flow into you because it it doesn't have to just be from a paycheck there's so many avenues that can come through for you yes and then it will show up too in that yeah in the paycheck or in actual clients paying you right because you are so much in that energy And that goes into your second question of what creates that consistent flow, right? So to create consistent flow, it's so simple. It's just you have to be in the energy of it, Mm -hmm. right? And I know that when I say that, it sounds more simple than it actually is in reality. So I'm going to break it down a little bit in terms of how you can do this more practically. So let's say you're working with a client and, okay, that client's contract is about to end. Right. So before the contract is ending, 
you have to start to create more, right? You have to start to look for the next client and the next client Mm -hmm. because you're already in the energy of doing the thing that you want to be doing. So Mm -hmm. then it's so much easier to create more of it, Mm -hmm. right? Versus when you actually stop that contract and everything is over, then it's actually harder to get that momentum going again, Mm -hmm. right? And, and that's why so many times when you hear, oh, when things are not happening, no one's calling. There's like nobody, like you can't get anyone to like pick up the phone, right? And then, then call you. And then when you have a project, all of a sudden you have two or three projects going at once and you're, you're overly busy and it feels, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Why can't it just come in little drips, right? Rather than come all at once together. And it's because this is that law of attraction. This is the energy that happens, right? So we must be in the energy of that same creation process in order to create the consistency, okay? And then a lot of times people will ask me, what happens if you don't have anything going right now, right? How can you create that consistency? Then you can create it for yourself by really reaching out and getting as many discovery calls or other things on your plate, right? Discovery calls are free for for the most part. I think some people charge for them. However, for the most part, people are doing free discovery calls. So it doesn't take as much energy for someone to say yes to that. So then it's easier for you to go out, reach out to as many people as possible and say, hey, do you know at least one or two people that I can talk to in this Mm -hmm. next month? And then schedule it for yourself. Like how many calls can you do in this next month? Can you do two a day, three a day, right? Mm -hmm. If you did two a day in 30 days, right, that's 60 calls, (laughs) right? And then within 60 calls, I bet you anything, you'll get at least one, hopefully five, 10 new clients. Yeah. So that's how you create that. And you create that consistency that way. And then, of course, again, not to go back into the cycle, but once you get those clients before the contract is over, that's the time to actually start to look for the next clients. Oh, that's so interesting to be aware of that, the cycles of things. (laughs) Uh, And that's a really good pointer. If you are in a dry spell, like just do the activity that is similar to having that client. Yes, that will bring it in because it's a lot of attraction, like you said. Yes, that's so cool. I love that. Yes. Anything else that you can suggest for people who maybe they don't like what they're what's in there reflected in their bank account, but even they also have a lot of debt. There's a lot of expenses that go into starting a business, just startup costs, getting a coach, all the all these things, right? What do you suggest for people to incrementally get out of that space? Mm-hmm. The key is what you just said is incrementally. Yeah. So many times I'll see somebody who will try and pay down debts as fast as possible. And when you have more of an inconsistent income, especially in the beginning of your business, it's so important that you just let yourself go, okay, this is the season I'm in. I'm in this process of building, so it's okay for me to have debt. I know it's such a weird thing for usually a financial coach to say, to to say it's okay to have debt. However, there are seasons of your life that it's actually okay to have debt. Right. And then just know that it will get paid off and then to pay it off slowly, as slowly as possible, right? 
and incrementally. And then as you're building up your business, as money is coming in, of course, don't miss out. Don't miss the minimum payments on if, you, if it's a credit card debt, for sure. Or even if it's a loan that you have, don't miss the minimum payments. However, just let it slowly build, slowly pay it off. And then as you make more money, then you can apply a little bit more, a little bit more. But don't apply all of it. Instead, it's so important. It's actually more important to create a little bit of savings, a little bit of a runway for yourself rather than pay down the debts immediately. Let's say you do get a big contract, right? If you're working with, I don't know, maybe a major company comes and says, hey, I want you to come in and work with us and we're going to do a contract and it's a pretty big amount. I would not say, okay, take all of that money that they just gave you and pay off your debts. I would never, ever advocate that for my clients because then all of a sudden what happens the next month after this contract is over, right? Are you going to put yourself back into debt? The same cycle. Yeah. But right. I, I love that there is um, a mindset shift around not having shame uh, over debt. I think that's a really big shift that a lot of entrepreneurs have to take because debt can also just be leverage, right? You're just getting something faster in, in a way. And there is a little bit of this trust factor that you have enough of a belief in yourself that over you will get it paid off. And it then whatever it is, is a serving mechanism for you as opposed to a symbol of not making it or that there's something wrong with your process and things like that. No, it's very true. And then with that shame, I think that um, a lot of us... It's great for us to practice forgiveness and to remind ourselves of why we're taking out the debt in the first place, mm -hmm. right? And you can even write out a little contract to yourself about it and say, I'm taking out this amount of money and it's for my business to do this at this time and I will be able to pay this off and thank you universe for <laughs> allowing me to have this money at this time to be able to do the things that I really want to do. Yeah. And in some ways, it's, you know, how some people talk about writing out your money story, right? This is almost, I love the idea of writing a thank you letter to your debts. Oh, I love that. It's yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a whole other relationship that you're building with. Yes. It, as absolutely. Being this like icky thing that's over, over there that you don't want to look at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that totally shifts our energy around it, too. Um, I feel like this kind of segues into another theme, which is around self-worth and how that's tied to our net worth and how much money we have overall, whether that's in our investments or savings or which area. And how do you tackle that with your clients? Yeah. I like to say that even though self-worth is equal to net worth, the other side isn't true, right? Lots of people with high net worth who do not have high self-worth, That's mm -hmm. those are the people that get into trouble with money. Right. Those are the people that when you hear those statistics of how 70 percent of lottery winners lose it within three years, it's because of that. Right. It's because if you don't actually know who you are and to me, the definition of self-worth is knowing who you are and what you bring to the table. Yeah. And if you don't know that yet, it's so easy to get taken off of your game. 
whether or not it's like a scheme to make more money or to or just family members coming out of the woodwork and asking for money. And you may now tell yourself, no way, I'm not going to be that person. However, you don't know, right? You don't know until you're there and have all this money. And then right. if your self-worth isn't quite there, you feel like I've, I've seen it over and over again. I, a lot of people I know who have a lot of money or may have inherited money, they start to feel like, I don't deserve this money. So now because I don't feel like I deserve this money, I'm going to give it out as fast as I possibly can. And it's not a conscious decision. You're not doing this consciously, but instead you're doing it very unconsciously. Oh, I can help this person out. Oh, they they need some money. I'm going to I'm going to help them take care of this. You know, and then all of a sudden that amount of money is gone. And that's why it's so important that we all, especially as entrepreneurs, really help ourselves to understand what it is that we do, what it is that we bring to the table and who we are really, right? Who am I? And this is a deep down quiet knowing, like it's so powerful and it's deep down inside of you, right? It's not an outside thing. It's very internal. And so once you know this, it's whenever people criticize you or if you have trolls online or something, it may it doesn't mean that it won't bother you at all. However, it's not going to take you off of your game, right? It's not going to take you off of your path and your purpose. Instead, it's okay. Yes, that stings, that hurts. However, I'm going to still brush it off because I still know what my path is and what my purpose is and who I am and what I bring to the table. I love that. And I think that it's also back to what you were saying before about values alignment, too. I think that it's closely knit to our self-worth and self-knowing. So then when you do come into a lot of money, you can start spending, again, based on your values, and you, but you have more options of where you can spend that. So you can go in and maybe you are spending towards a friend, but it's a very values-based decision because what the outcome of that is versus like getting rid of it in the other. Yeah, exactly. It's a more conscious decision. It's a thoughtful, conscious way of going, okay, yes, these are the things that I want to allocate my money towards versus, oh, the money just all of a sudden disappears, right? This is throughout, right? Like even if you don't have millions and millions of dollars, even with what you're working with now, every single month, are you the type of person who actually goes, yes, every single money decision I've made this month is something I made consciously? Or are you the type of person at the end of the month that said, ooh, I know I made some money, but I don't actually know where it all went? Mm -hmm. So back to the knowing your numbers, the piece. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And I come to think of it, I do know some high net worth individuals that when they came into wealth, they have the story of other people suddenly knowing that they have the money and them trying to steer you towards what their values are or what they want you to spend your money on. And so that suddenly there's all these interesting players that come around because you can't spend. And so it's like, how do you make that decision when you've got a lot of influences and or it could even be mentors or this and that. And everyone's telling you a different thing about what, where you should allocate your funds. Yes. Um, what do you suggest if you're in that kind of position, which is a good place mm-hmm. to, but nonetheless, it is, it is an issue. 
Yeah. This is exactly an example of not really understanding your own self-worth, right? If That's why it's so important to do this work. And so many times when I tell, I always tell my clients or prospective clients or even prospective members of my group, that this work isn't really about how to pay down your debts or save. Yes, we're going to go over that. However, those are things you can read in a book (laughs) and really learn it that way. And there's there are great books about it. Even Personal Finance for Dummies is a really great (laughs) book for things like that. However, the main work is really this. It's really helping yourself to just completely know who it is, who you are, what you bring to the table and those core values, right? And what are your core values and how to align yourself with those values? Because then you start to become more certain about those decisions and about whatever comes your way, whether it is, yes, other people trying to come at you with their values and what they believe is important for you. And even when you're working with somebody, <clears throat> I have a, I had a client whose husband is a financial advisor, right? So she even says, I know everything there is to know about like investment accounts and 401ks and all the things, the IRAs, whatever, right? However, what kept getting her stuck was not being able to raise her rates. Mm -hmm. And so you can understand all of the other stuff about money. And yet this other piece of your own worth, that's the important part. That's why it is so connected to your net worth, right? And that's why like when you actually really truly get it inside of you of the self-worth piece. And of course, it's always a work in progress. It's not like we're complete. However, if the majority, most of the things that you're, you really understand on the inside is about that self-worth piece, then it actually contributes to your net worth because people also can feel it and understand it and also does, and again, doesn't take you off your game, right? It doesn't take you into these other directions of what everyone else may think is important for you to do with your money. And in- including also what you should charge for your services as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How, so for that person who was stuck at like a specific ceiling of what she felt like she could charge, what is that, like, how can we get into that next alignment of that next level that we desire to be in or the next level client that, that might be able to understand the value of our service at that level? That is such a great question because I think as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we're always going into this next level. And I've actually had to do some work around this myself too. It's, it was so easy in the beginning of my business to like double or maybe even triple the amount of money I was making per year. And then all of a sudden I hit a ceiling and things stopped. And it's really, there, there are money blocks, right? There are energetic blocks that are actually keeping us from being able to get to the next level. And then we have to release those blocks in order to get to the next level. And then it doesn't mean that you're done and you can just soar through and start to make millions of dollars because every single level you may have another block, right? Your brain can only hold so much because of what you've experienced, right? And it's looking at both your childhood, like what you experienced in childhood. And if your 
family was somebody, they are always argued about money and money became such an issue. You met for me, that wasn't one of my stories. And so in the beginning of my life, like in my twenties, I never really wanted to really have money. I didn't care about it that much because I just associated money with fighting mm. and with people not getting along. Right. And and other people, I have a, had a grandmother who just held on to it so tightly and would say things like, nobody's ever going to get my money. I'm going to be buried with it, that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to be like her. So as soon as money came in my 20s, it went out. It automatically just went out because there was this unconscious thing of from childhood that kept me from wanting to keep it and hold it. Because for me, keeping and holding it was just like, mirroring that grandmother or the fights with my parents that my parents were having <laughs> so yeah so that's the same thing that happens in our businesses because as entrepreneurs we're only going to be able to grow as much as we have grown personally mm. yeah. right and that's why like the money reflects that over and over again so it's so important that we're working through these money blocks, right? Like what may be keeping you stuck in that particular place because you maybe have only experienced that much, right? And, and so many of us have not experienced being a millionaire or a billionaire, right? And, and then you only see certain people. You may not even know people who are billionaires, right? So then it's even harder for you to get to that place unless you start to work through those blocks that were keeping you stuck in the first place. That's such a good point, right? It's not just about the strategy at the end of the day. There's so many layers to yes. our abundance. And like you said, there's the beliefs component, there's the self-image, self-confidence component. And then of course, your values is what we touched on. Anything else that we would need to look at from the 360 views or did we cover? all the categories. Those are the main categories, I would say. Yeah, self-worth is very important. Being in the energy of wanting, being able to receive. And I guess like the only other thing I would say is sometimes it's also about like looking at your the fears of like really putting yourself out there. Right? And it's also something I've had to work with too myself because as entrepreneurs, it's you're the face of everything, right? Especially if you're a solopreneur or a coach or that kind of stuff, you're the face of everything. And it's like, how much are you willing to put yourself out there in front of people doing this podcast, for example, or at the summit or talking on social media, doing all of those things, right? Because sometimes if you're still hesitant and still holding yourself back from really putting yourself out there, then energetically, other people are going to receive it in the same way. And then in the same way as your money, let's say when you're doing your pricing, if you don't really believe it, so many times also people say, oh, charge what you're worth, charge what you're worth, right? Um, however, I'm like, you're worth billions of dollars or you're priceless, right? right? So charging what you're worth isn't really quite the correct way to, to price your services. There should be a, a way to look at your experience versus what is out there in the marketplace. And it is what you can safely say too out loud, right? In your body. 
and what you can project and put out there. Because if you are saying a, a, an amount that feels ridiculous to you, it's going to feel ridiculous to the other person. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you say on yourself, probably. Exactly. <laughs> or if you're hesitant, if you're all of a sudden, oh, I don't know if they're going to think I'm this or that if I charge this amount. And then that is exactly how the other person is going to feel. Even if without you saying anything, they're going to feel that way and they're automatically going to say to you, oh, I'm going to have to think about it. I don't know. And then they're going to start to question, is this worth it? Yeah. You know, is this money worth it? Because that's what you put out. You've already projected that energy out there. And so that's how they're going to receive it. Right. Energy is so interesting, right? Because we all can feel it. We all can, without anybody saying anything, you can feel each other's energies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and money works in that same way, right? Because money itself is neutral. It's not even real. We all made it up, right? Humans have made it up. And the only thing about it is the value somebody's putting on to money. And it's this exchange of energy. Yeah. And yeah. so in order to exchange the energy in a way that feels good to both sides, the person who's presenting the offer also needs to understand it for themselves. What is it that they're offering and how valuable is it to them? Right. right. And maybe that ties into your other point about when you're in the energy of delivering it, that value to someone, they, how valuable that is. So when you go and ask someone for that money, you're like, yeah, I've already done it. It's like that yes. additional boost. Yes. Yeah, so I love those other categories that you added. So there's like the vis visibility component. There's the energetic component as well and how we view it within ourselves. Amazing. I think I could go on this topic. <laughs> so much wisdom that you shared. Thank you so much. You're and I so welcome. wanted to point out for any listeners that you have this amazing resource, the Conscious Cash Companion. And so you can take a look at that. And it's like a money and emotional spending tracker. You can also transform your money beliefs through it. So I definitely recommend anyone to, to check that out. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with any last remarks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this was awesome. And then I would encourage everyone who's listening to, besides downloading that PDF and getting the guide, the Conscious Cash Companion guide, to also make sure you're paying attention to what's coming in for you, right? That prosperity piece that we were talking about earlier, just start to write it down for yourself. And I know that things are going to start to shift for you. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Katie. It's, it's such a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Michelle. Thank you.